Hi, it's Rob here. Now, this is a very special episode. You've probably seen recently I've been doing a bit of a promotion. My business partner's gone on holiday. I've spent some of the company money on an iPad, an iWatch and an iPod loaded with audio. And I want to give it away. Now, you may be a new subscriber or an existing subscriber. It doesn't matter. Everyone has the same chance of winning one of these three prizes. This is how you win. You listen to this episode And I'm going to ask you a question about this episode at the end of the episode. It's a pretty simple question. You might need to do a quick bit of Googling. Once you've got the answer, the first three correct answers submitted, and I'll tell you where to submit it at the end, will get either the iPad if you're first, the iWatch if you're second, and the iPod if you're third. So listen to the episode now and then stay to the end where I ask you the question and tell you where to submit your answer. Go. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go for being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore. Now, warning, before you listen to this, if you've got kids listening or you're of a nervous disposition, you better get them rid. Because I'm seeing all these people posting this, look at me in the 6am club, look at me in the 5am club, fuck you, I'm in the 4am club. And I'm quite frankly think it's bollocks. It's like, who cares what time you get up? No one cares what time you get up. And if you're getting up at 4am, to you know, hustle and grind and do a load of work. Why are you on Facebook telling everyone what time you're getting up and then getting in a debate about it instead of doing your proper work? Now, I went through this struggle, this journey of getting up earlier and earlier and earlier and feeling like I had to get up early to even be someone who you know, could be successful. Michelle Obama gets up at 4 a.m. Dwayne The Rock Johnson with his massive guns gets up at 4.30 a.m. You know, and he's in the gym before I've gone to bed on a night out. Whoa, I'm a loser. Margaret Thatcher, Donald Trump, all these people, the, you know, the 4 or 5 a.m. clubbers. And um, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to get up early to be successful. And I would definitely like to challenge that. You don't have to get up early to be successful, but stay with me. So I started testing. And I was getting up earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier. And it was getting harder and harder and harder and harder. And I was getting more and more tired and tired and tired in the day. Uh, And then my days were longer and longer and longer and longer. And then I'd build up this sleep debt. And then after nine or 12 months, I'd be ill for three weeks. And I'd have to get three weeks worth of sleep to catch back up. And I repeated this process for about three years. Now, this was before I wrote Life Leverage, where I found a better way of you know, leveraging more, outsourcing more, being able to rest and do the things that you like more and still progress in your business and earn money. And, and I used to wear hard work and hustle, you know, like a lot of the American influencers, hustle, grind, hustle, grind. I used to wear it like a badge of honor. Like if you work hard, you're a winner. And if you get up late and you don't work hard, you're a loser. And of course, I was completely naive then. I didn't have kids. I didn't have family. I didn't have balance. Yeah, okay, I was setting up my entrepreneur, um, you know, my enterprise. I was an entrepreneur. I was setting up my business. I was, you know, making good progress. In fact, I became a millionaire between the age of 30 and 31, but it was unsustainable. 
Uh, and then I thought, why don't we get smart about this? There must be an ideal time to get up and to go to bed. And, and what was annoying me, a bit like in the health and fitness industry, is someone would say, you have to get up really early and go to bed really early. And other people would, were saying, you should get up a bit later and go to bed later. Uh, and everyone seemed to have a, a, a different opinion on it. And it, it was just confusing me. So I tested getting up anywhere from about 4.45 a.m. I couldn't quite make 4.30 to, say, 7.30 a.m. And I tested going to bed anywhere from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. And here's what I found. If I go to bed after 10.30, the next day is like I've had one or two drinks the night before. I don't drink anymore. Uh, if I go to bed after 11, it's like I've had a skinful the night before. If I go to bed after 12, i.e. midnight, it's like I've had a skinful and I've had a UFC fight with the heavyweight champion and got knocked out. And I just know that if I go to bed after 10, 30, 11 and then 12, it pretty much ruins the next day. So it's not even worth staying up half an hour to an hour more to try and get that little bit of extra work done to hustle and grind to not feel guilty. So then the next day is ruined and I lose six or seven productive hours. So that was the first sort of false economy, if you like, that I found. The next thing I found is 4.30, 4.45, 5, 5.15. I was knackered by lunchtime. I was completely useless for the rest of the day. I found, here's the irony, because I'm, not, I'm, I'm having a bit of a go at people having a bit of a go about what time you're not getting up. I get up normally around about 5.15 to 5.45. And that's the ideal time for me. But I have to go to bed early for, to be able to sustain that day. Now, why am I telling you about my time? Because you don't care when I go to bed and get up. But what you should care about is what's the optimum circadian cycle for you, i.e. you have this natural body cycle in the day. Some people are early to rise, early to get up, early to go to bed. Some people are later to get up, later to go to bed. I know lots of artists and creatives that work brilliantly at 10, 11 and 11.30 at night. I can't, I'm useless. I don't do live feeds and webinars, you know, kind of after 6 p.m. I'm useless, my brain is slower because of my natural cycle and rhythm. But once I found my natural balance, which is what, sort of 5.30, let's say, till 9.30, that kind of time, I was getting eight hours. And here's the thing, I tested the amount of sleep. I went anywhere from five hours, because I wanted more hours in the day, wouldn't that be great, to 10 hours. 10 hours, it felt like I had a hangover. Five hours, completely unsustainable for me. I just need more sleep. Now, if you are, have a desk job, you have a slow, natural kind of, you know, body movement, you're, you know, you're not as active, you maybe don't train and try and build your muscles, you might be able to get six hours sleep, and it's probably possible. If you're active, you've got a busy job, you're like me, you're always on the go, never sitting still, or if you're doing weight training or exercise, you need more sleep because the sleep is the recovery time. Paula Radcliffe famously used to take naps in the day. A lot of athletes take naps in the day. If they do two training sessions, they have sleep in the middle because the sleep is when they repair their body. So you probably, you will, you will find this optimum amount of sleep. It might be seven hours. It might be six if you're older or less active, but it's probably seven. It might even be eight. Because, you know, I've studied all this stuff where, oh, you only need five hours sleep. You need eight hours sleep. You need nine hours sleep. And, and, and then every sort of few years, it changes and sort of contradicts and opposes itself. And it's, oh, so confused. If you do a bit of testing, if you work out your natural highs and lows, ebbs and flows in the day. So just for the next couple of weeks, literally... Test different times of getting up, test different times of going to bed, test different times to have your coffee, your food, test different times of putting in your high income generating, high key result area work times in. For me, it's sort of 6.30 till 8.30 p.m. Calls are good 8.30 to 9. Lives are good kind of 8.45 to 9.15. Putting with Bobby before he goes to school. 
um, admin in the afternoon, catching up on emails in the evening, because it's, it's not productive time, but it's sometimes things that need to be done. 11.30 to 1.30 is a really good time for me to be productive. Um, and I learned that just through testing it and not feeling guilty when I wasn't getting up and not feeling guilty when all the 4 and 5 and 6 a.m. clubbers were, you know, picking at me like I was a loser and, and not second guessing myself and not feeling guilt. And all of that went. Uh, and so what you do is you, you work in your meetings, your interviews, you know, you work in your um, all the different activities that you have in the day. If you've got JV partner meetings, you put them in in your time when you're most inspired and enthused. Last thing you want to do is meet a millionaire and be knackered and have your co- coffee carb coma because, you know, you could ruin one of the best possible meetings or partnerships that you could have forged. So to summarise then. All those people making you feel bad about what time they get up are probably wasting their own time and probably just trying to get some attention like those people who do pouty selfies and take pictures of their food. No one cares. Now, 5am might work for them. I, before I get a load of 5am clubbers emailing me, get trolling me, um, I'm not knocking someone who it is right for them to get up at 5. Because I get my best work done from sort of 5.36 until 8, 8.30 because I'm not getting interrupted. There's not a mass of emails. I can plan, I can write, I can research. You know, I can do the things that are valuable to me and I can read reports without interruption. But also, if you're a parent, if you've got children, you know, if you don't want to work 14 hours a day, you're not 18, you you know, you've got overheads to pay, then A, you may need a bit of sleep. You might need naps in the day. If your kids get you up at 3am, you might need naps in the day. I found um, when we came back from San Diego for Bobby's World Championships, the jet lag, um, you know, it lasted for a week for me, but it put Bobby's sleeping patterns out for about a month. And he was getting up in the middle of the night and he was coming up and sleeping in the chairs next to the bed and he was waking us up. And my sleep was getting disrupted and I was, my brain is just a lot slower when I haven't had sleep. And I'm beating myself up like, you know, what's going wrong? What, you know, what, have, what am I, why am I not, is my, see, look, it's not working. <laughs> why is my brain not working properly? Why am I slow? I start to doubt myself. I, I found that 15 or 20 minute nap maybe just after dinner, sort of 6, 6.30 or something like that, was working for me. And I, I mostly don't do that, but every now and again, it's okay to do that rather than just completely burn yourself out and um, then you get yourself ill and then you lose all the time that you gain. So it's completely counterintuitive. Now, what you'll find is when you get your natural circadian rhythm, you know, when you get that natural balance, when you find out what body type you are, are you one that gets up really early? Um, there's great books and research you can do on it. There's people that get up really early, generally the entrepreneurs. There's people who sort of get up at the sort of the 7.30 times and they follow the sort of work patterns. Then there's the arty creative ones who tend to get up later and work later. You're probably naturally more one of those types than the other. Uh, and then you'll get more productive, you'll get more efficient, you'll, you'll be more settled and calm in who you are. Um, and I think your results will skyrocket. And then what you do is you overlay your diary in that time. You're able to isolate yourself like late at night or early in the morning. Um, And you know when you're most inspired and when you're most creative, because you've probably got an hour or two in the day where you're most inspired, creative, on it. You you know, you're in the flow as Mahali, however you pronounce his name, says in his great book, Flow. So you want to make sure you've got no distractions, you've got good energy, you're putting your really valuable work in that time. And you've got to work that in with your sleep patterns. And, you know, I tested food, the right kind of foods for me to eat that made me feel good, that made me feel lethargic. Um, you know, like the right times to eat. Um, so not me not eating too early, but not too late. My, um, you know, very light lunch, bigger dinner, for example. Um, some people are testing this micro fasting, aren't they, where they're not eating for sort of a, a 12 hour period. 
just test, just play. I know some people that need a big lunch at lunchtime. I, Mark, my business partner, he can't eat anything really at lunch. It just completely slows him down. Uh, and I think the good thing about doing this self-testing is that, you know, in, instead of other people projecting what they think is best for them onto you, you get something that works for you. Um, now, on LinkedIn, I had a quarter of a million views, 120 odd comments, um, 1200 plus likes on my post about the 5am club. So clearly it's something that a lot of people are, um, people are feeling liberated that someone for the first time like me is coming out saying, hey, look, you don't have to hustle. You don't have to work 15 hours a day. You don't have to burn yourself out. You don't have to sacrifice your kids and your family. You don't have to sacrifice sleep because I want to be living until I'm 89, 99 and 109. And, um, you know, do I want to get an extra hour out of the day and die when I'm 69 or 79? Or do I want, you know, like, I know I'm sounding like an old man now because I'm nearly 39 years old and I'm thinking in a little bit more in the future now. But I, I think that makes me more wise than I used to be because I'd rather, you know, just recover a little bit and, how, you know, not swear every minute of a day. But like Warren Buffett, who um, by the age of 50, had his net worth because he's lived for a long time. You can get very rich if you live for a long time. You ain't going to get rich if you live till you're 39 or 40. So, you know, a bit of the, the long-term thought process and then clarity and then not just changing your mind every time there's a fad and following every influencer on the planet and then getting confused and overwhelmed and repeating the patterns. It frustrates me in the fit, fitness and health world because I really want to get fit. I really want to eat well. But just every few years, they just completely contradict themselves of, of what's right and what's wrong. Take fat out. No, take sugar out. You know, oh, no, no you, you should eat a raw diet. Oh, no, you shouldn't eat a raw diet. You should eat the paleo diet. Oh, no, no, you know, you shouldn't eat that much red meat. You know, come on. Balance is normally the answer. Equal viewing of upsides and downsides. A balanced view, a balanced diet, balanced sleep and work. Over and out. I hope, I hope this was useful for you. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Hi, it's Rob again. So you may have noticed the beep. Here's the question to win either the iPad, the iWatch or the iPod loaded with audio. What percentage of Warren Buffett's current total net worth had he accrued and amassed by age 50? Let me ask you that again. To the nearest percentage point, what percentage of his total net worth had Warren Buffett accrued by the age of 50? Here's what you need to do. You're going to need to be quick. Email me at rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk. That's rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk. I don't want you to post on Facebook anywhere because then the second and third place people could copy your answer. You need to email me there with your answer the percentage, and then probably in about 12 hours, 24 hours time, I'm going to announce the winner in the Disruptive Entrepreneur Facebook community. So you'll need to be in the Disruptive Entrepreneur Facebook community to see who the winners are. And hey, you're either already in there or you just need to find that on Facebook. So send your answer to rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk. Give me 12 or 24 hours to filter through hundreds, maybe even thousands of emails. I'm going to check everyone's, but the first three correct answers win. And then I'm going to announce the winners in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community sometime very soon. So thanks for this little test of a competition. I hope it's fun and I hope you win. See you soon.